the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Friday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and David Dawson. Happy Friday, you guys. Happy Friday, Gabby. Yes, yes. Happy feast day to Our Lady of Sorrows. And despite sorrows, there's always joy, too. You yes. know, when you think yeah. about it. And right. we're going to offer up a prayer to our mother in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Our mother of sorrows, with strength from above, you stood by the cross, sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. And with the tender care, you bore him in your arms, mourning and weeping. We praise you for your faith, which accepted the life God planned for you. We praise you for your hope which trusted that God would do great things in you. And we praise you for your love in bearing with Jesus the sorrows of his passion. Holy Mary, may we follow your example and stand by all your, our, all your children who need comfort and love. Mother of God, stand by us in our trials and care for us in our many needs. Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Damien, that's what I love about our Catholic faith. I mean, we we it's getting through these things that we have to get through. It's it's knowing how to suffer. Suffering is, of course, we certainly don't want to go through it. No, but it's something right. that is it's it's necessary. We all are going to go through it, but mm-hmm. but it's not it, it, it's it's. It's strengthening when you have faith. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Our Lady is such a good example about that. It's what do we do with the sorrow? Not, That's right. You know? That's right. So, do, right. Do, what, yeah. how, yeah. does, how does it build up who we are and in exchange, even through that pain, help others? Yes, absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's what Mary did. Yeah. She was there for her son while he was on the cross. And she's right there for us. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. That was a beautiful little reflection. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay, so we have some events in our listening area we will give you details about that's coming up at 10 after. You can find all of these events at our website, media.live. In 18 minutes, David Bonagura joins us. He's a Catholic author and professor, and today he's talking about his book called Jerome's Tears, Letters to Friends in Mourning. So looking forward to this interview with David. In 35 minutes, Sister Marjorie Abair joins us. She is the CEO and President of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and she'll be giving us her monthly update. And in 48 minutes, Amy Ponson joins us. She is the Executive Director of the Catholic Foundation of South Louisiana of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. She'll be giving us an update. It's actually our first time talking to Amy since she has taken this role mm. over at the Catholic Foundation in Homa Thibodeau. So we're looking forward to getting to know Amy and learning a little bit more about what they do down there over in Homa. We love Homa and our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. So looking forward to some great guests today. 
And Damien, looking forward to your weather report. Well, you can expect a mixture of (laughs) clouds and sunshine today. And a typical afternoon shower could pop up. They're calling it about 25% chance. High today, 91. Low is going to be 72. For the weekend, Saturday, warmer. It's going to be high at 95. Winds out of the north-northwest at 5 to 10. No rain expected in the forecast. Come Sunday and Monday, pretty much the same thing. No real change in the temperatures. So after today, the next five days should be okay with no rain and a high in the low 90s. But no hundreds. No hundreds. Yes. Uh, no, we're That's getting great. close to fall now. Uh, ooh, blustery. Tem- temperatures <laughs> in and around the area right now. Uh, over in Covington and Gulfport at 74. Baton Rouge reporting 75 degrees. In Homa Thibodeau at 76. And in New Orleans, 77. It's 5 after. It's Friday. It's Wake Up. The Blessed Memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows. Today's Gospel is taken from John chapter 19. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. We've heard the Gospel, and now we reflect. In a few words, John makes a simple statement. Standing by the foot of the cross of Jesus were his mother, which served as an introduction to Jesus saying to his mother, Woman, behold your son. In this poignant scene, we also find the fulfillment of Simeon's prophecy. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and of a sign that is spoken against. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. We gain insight into Mary's suffering in the words spoken to Father Gobi in prayer. How much blood my eyes have seen today. His hair is soaked with it. His face is bathed in it. His hands and feet are torn, and his whole body is marked with deep wounds. Behold my sorrow. See if there is a greater sorrow than mine. He is unable to walk. He totters. There is not one gesture of pity. Only hatred, hostility, and indifference surround him. Oh, the glance of my son at that moment. In my heart there is opened a womb which has never healed. I am at his side to help him die. I feel the nails which pierce his flesh. The tearing of his body hung in the gibbet. His labored breathing. I hear his voice as it grows weaker with words of prayer and pardon. And he appears to me to be dying. But I continue to live beneath the cross with a pierced heart and a wounded soul. Still miraculously alive because as a mother I must help my son to die. No one will ever understand the hidden mystery of this moment. And now, my sorrow bursts forth as a thudding river bursts through all its embankments. My tears bathe his face, my laments cradle his body, and with my hands I close the deep wounds while my immaculate heart becomes his first sepulcher. Mary endured this suffering for us. Have a wonderful day. This is... 
Jimmy Sayers. Thank you, Jimmy, baby. Father Chris, 10 after the hour on this Friday. A happy one at that. Let's make it a good Friday. Let's make it a great weekend. Tigers are playing. The Green Wave are playing. Everybody's playing. The Jaguars. Let's get out there and support them and also support your Catholic Church by making sure you go to Mass, too, this weekend. Some events taking place this weekend. Theology on Tap with Father Todd Lloyd will be taking place at St. Alphonsus Catholic Church in Greewell Springs. That's coming up Sunday. That's the 17th of September. There's going to be dinner at 5.30. The talk will take place right after. The topic, Holy Communion, Food for the Journey. Should be a good one. Also at St. Alphonsus, tonight is Friday Night Lights. It's the adult back-to-school dance. Dave's already got his card punched. He's ready to go. Got my shoes on. Starts at 6.30 for those of you who still want to go. Looking for something to do with the missus or the mister? Here's your chance. 6.30 tonight, St. Alphonsus, back-to-school adult dance, Friday night lights. It'll be great music and a great way to enjoy an evening with significant other. For more details, go to ccmedia.live. All right. And all are welcome to lift up a joyful noise at the annual Gospel Music Festival sponsored by the Archdiocese, Archdiocese, (laughs) say it Dave, Archdiocesan (laughs) Office of Black Catholic Ministries. This year's festival has been named the Bishop Ferdinand Cherie Gospel Music Festival. We had talked uh, to a guest about that earlier uh, this week, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, featuring local gospel choirs. I love that music. You talk about it, get you fired up. Plan to attend. It's tomorrow at the Carver Theater at 6 p.m. The price of admission, you ready for this, is a non-perishable food item that's going to be collected for Second Harvest Food Bank. And over the years, this event, uh, they've collected over 200 tons of food for the needy. So come out and make a joyful noise. You will not be disappointed. Go to ccmedia.live if you want to know more. Okay, I just want to circle back to the card being punched at an entry. Was that a thing yeah, when well, you guys were young? Oh, yeah. I only ask because you always make fun of me and how I don't know this and how I don't know that. Well, so I, I get something for you guys, the yeah. card being punched. Yeah, it goes back away. <laughs> yeah, she maybe, does. maybe before my day. Yes, it does, young Missy. That's right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> Had to get your dance the card cynic- punch if you wanted to dance with That's someone. how it worked. Yeah. I think. What if you lost your card? You can't get in. Um, okay. The Cynical on the Lake continues to offer women of Manresa retreats where a Jesuit priest will offer the spiritual exercises for women at the Cynical on the Lake. The retreats will follow the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola and follow the same schedule and format of the retreats offered for the men. It will be a silent retreat from Thursday evening until Sunday midday and open to 56 women. You can go to ccmedia.live for dates in December of 2023 and April of 2024. So definitely take a look at those. Hmm. Yeah, and the reason we're sharing that information is because they book up. December's almost done, so uh, you might have a couple days left to get that one. Otherwise, you got to wait till next year. Uh, by the way, tomorrow is the mass celebration of the 100th anniversary of Notre Dame Seminary in the Crescent City. It's going to be at 10 a.m., and it's going to be at St. Louis, King of France, or the cathedral, as we like to say, in the French Quarter. That's where it'll be celebrated, and a reception will follow. So if you have an opportunity at 10 Mass tomorrow morning to celebrate Notre Dame Seminary's 100th anniversary. Wow. Black Catholic Married Couples Retreat, sponsored by the Archdiocese of New Orleans Office of Marriage and Family Life, 
and the Office of Black Catholic Ministries in partnership with Will Woods. <clears throat> Pardon me. This retreat will be held at the Cynical on the Lake Archdiocese of New Orleans Retreat Center. This weekend is for black Catholic married couples, and it will begin at 8 a.m. tomorrow, September 16th, and it will end after lunch on Sunday. Once again, ccmedia.live. Yes, and the Blue Rose Ball benefiting St. Michael's Special School will take place at 7 p.m. on Saturday, September 16th, that is tomorrow, at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in New Orleans. You can go to ccmedia.live for details. Great organization, great school, and we're thankful that they're there, and we're thankful for you tuning your heart to the truth. So don't go too far. David Bonagura is coming up talking about a new book he has here on Wake Up. It's 15 after the hour, Friday morning. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 15th. Today, we celebrate Our Lady of Sorrows. Today, the Church honors the woman who knew suffering throughout her life, especially as she stood fearlessly at the cross while others fled. The principal biblical references to Mary's sorrows are in the Gospels of Luke and John. Mary first learned of the pain she would face when Simeon encountered her in the temple with her young son. Luke tells us that Simeon advised Mary that a sword would pierce her heart. Simeon's prediction came true with the flight into Egypt. Jesus' temporary separation from his family during their time in Jerusalem, Mary's poignant encounter with Jesus as he made his way to Calvary, the crucifixion itself, the taking of his body down from the cross, the burial of Jesus. John relates Jesus' last words to Mary and to his beloved disciple. Many early church writers interpreted the sword as Mary's sorrows, thus bringing together the passages of prediction and fulfillment. St. Ambrose in particular sees Mary as a sorrowful yet powerful figure at the foot of the cross. She looked on her son's wounds not with pity, but saw in them the salvation of the world. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Past the hour, you're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. And right now we have on the phone David Bonagura. He's a Catholic author and professor, and we're going to talk about his book, St. Jerome's Tears, Letters to Friends in Mourning. Good morning, David. Good morning, David. Thanks for having me on. Great. Two Davids. We're going to, this is going to rock. This is going to be oh, good. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, first off, take us back to those. We, we don't even know. Who is St. Jerome? St. Jerome is best known as the translator of the Bible around the year 347 and died. Tell you what we're going to do, Dave, David, I hate to interrupt you here. We have a bad connection. I heard the word St. Jerome and something about the Bible. So we're going to have to reconnect with you. Uh, bear with us, and uh, we're, we're going to reconnect with David so that it'll be a little more clear. Do you know anything about St. Jerome, uh, David? I really don't. I, I, I don't either, Gabby. You know, um, but, but, but I, do. I don't either, no. So well, that, that's why I was looking forward to the interview. I hope I, we yeah. get him back. I can yeah. tell you, me too, and I, I'm sure we will, but, but, but the part that it says letters to friends in mourning goes back to the very thing we were talking about this morning. Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady yeah. of Sorrows, and what mm -hmm. do we do with this, with this grief and with mm -hmm. this sorrow? So this probably mm -hmm. falls right along into place with that uh, as, as far as, you know, 
I'm sure it has something to do with encouragement during these hard times. Yeah. You know? Do you so, know uh, that there yeah. were uh, seven sorrows? Yes. To our, seven, our Lady? There's, there's actually a special rosary for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven sorrows rosary. Yeah. Well, yeah. If we don't get David oh, no. back, then we'll talk about those. Weird. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. There you, well, actually... Go ahead now, because I think they're reconnecting as we speak. Okay. Well, one of them, the first one was the prophecy of Simeon. Mm-hmm. You remember? Yes. They said, the your heart will be pierced. Correct. You know? And I right. envision and, and that. Just even meditate on that when you get a chance mm-hmm. of hearing those words when you're presenting your child. Like a baptism. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and somebody says, mm-hmm. the priest pulls you aside and says, hey, by the way. Okay. You know? So anyway, right. if we get time, we'll talk more about that. But if not, uh, you could definitely find it uh, to where you could study up on it. There we go. Well, let's get back with David. I believe yes. we have him on the line now. David, are you there? I'm back. Great. Yes, I am. Thank great. You. Now you sound great. Okay, David. Um, you, you were explaining to us who exactly St. Jerome was. So St. Jerome was born around the year 347, died in 420. Okay. Had tremendous classical education. And then he went on to spend a great deal of his life living in the Holy Land as a monk, translating the Bible, writing commentary on the Bible, and living as a spiritual director, writing advice for people. So we have surviving 130 of his letters. Wow. And when we say letters, we really mean essays. These are longer pieces intended to teach, to instruct, and left behind are 10 beautiful letters of consolation, and in the volume Jerome's Tears, Letters to Friends in Mourning, I've translated seven of them. They're written to widows, widowers, people who have lost children, yeah. who have lost other relatives and friends, and together they, they give this beautiful picture of healing and of hope in light of the resurrection of Christ. Mm. You, you said there were seven letters. Is it to seven different people that were going through yes. hardships? Oh, wow. Okay. Seven okay. different people who have lost, lost well, a man lost his wife and his daughters in close succession. Oh, the first letter in the volume is uh-huh. a woman who lost her daughter. And then there's another one who lost uh, a husband, another one, a husband who lost a wife. So there's all sorts of different combinations of bereavement featured in the volume. So, so what are some of the examples then of, of what he does say in these letters to, to comfort them? His first point is always to put the person's hope on the promise of Christ and the resurrection. Uh-huh. His second move is always to, is to focus on the virtues of the person and to focus on the fact that this person, however long or not so long that we've had him in our life, is nevertheless a gift. Better to focus on the gift that we didn't deserve rather than on the loss that we do not have. Oh, I so like he puts that. those two things in play and uses Scripture in such a skilled manner, Old Testament and New Testament. He's got a Scripture story and a Scripture image for every situation, and the book goes on for you know, every page almost. There's multiple allusions to Scripture or drawing on images from uh, the character of David, the character of Job, and so many others oh, in wow. both the New Testament as well. It's, 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 he's a really a, a dynamite consoler. Okay. So he delves into Scripture deeply, uh, to help the individual out, uh, that he's that he's comforting then, right? Yes, and for, yeah. for Jerome, Scripture is the authority, whereas today we may use Scripture to support an argument. Right. Jerome, will, in certain spots, will just drop Scripture as the argument. That he'll take three quotes, from two from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, just leave them there. And then that's it, because that's for it. Jerome the, and for the okay. early Christians... The Bible was really the center of their spiritual life, whereas for us today we would think more perhaps of the Mass or the Eucharist. Meditating and praying on Scripture was what they did, and Jerome was the best 
in the business at doing that. And once again, let me step back. What was the time period? When when did he do this? What what years? In the late fourth and early fifth century. So he died in the year four twenty, right? And was born around three forty seven. He was a contemporary of Augustine. Well, then would it be? I mean, as far as what you have printed here in your book, uh, is it understandable? You know, because some of this some of this is pretty heady. You know, stuff here is is it is it relatable and understandable? Oh, definitely. He's writing to ordinary people. Yes. One or two of the recipients are, you know, had, were had a high education, uh-huh. but the others were normal, uneducated people. And so he's writing as just like we would go to a wake today yes. and try to comfort our friends who's grieving. Jerome is doing the exact same thing, not with highfalutin language, but with language that speaks to the heart. So this book then would would really be a, a quite the advantage to somebody who's going through grief right now, or. Would it also be an advantage to somebody who's helping somebody go through grief? I would say both, for uh-huh. sure. One way, and in a third way as well, if one is thinking about someone who has been lost, we could read the description of the seven people who have died in, in, that Jerome describes in these volumes, and I think it's helpful for us to picture some people in our own lives who these people recall and say, oh, gee, you're reading about... Uh, Blasilla, oh, it makes me think of uh, my next-door neighbor or my niece or my daughter or so on. Yeah. And so through the power of the moral imagination, we're able to make those connections between people. Right. Even just if think, reading about someone who lived 1,600 years ago, nevertheless, we can think about someone who, uh, in our own lives, and have Jerome think, make the connections that way. It certainly is timeless, right? I mean, everything that he speaks of, I mean, we all go through grief. It doesn't matter what time period that was. and. Uh, and, and, of course, the Bible itself, if, 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 if you're saying that is the primary that he goes to, well, that's timeless in itself, too, isn't it? Yes, and these letters, the reason why they've made it to us over 1,600 years is because so many different people have found them valuable and helpful and insightful because they were copied and recopied by hand long uh-huh. before that there was a printing press. So, so many different people in different ages in different countries and different parts of the world all saw the value in what Jerome was trying to say to us. Right. And so he, these, we have these letters, just like we have the letters of Paul to the Corinthians and the Galatians and so on, we have these letters of Jerome to so many different individuals, but they're meant not just for the individual who's being consoled, but for an entire community of Christians who knew this one person who had oh, died. Oh, I see. Yeah. David, this is Damien. i got a quick question. How did you become interested in St. Jerome to begin with? I was, I do, you know, I'm a Latin teacher for a living, so I was looking Mm. at Jerome's emphasis on, and lots of quotations of classical authors, Virgil, Cicero, Horace, Ovid, and so on, and I'm looking through them, and I'm saying to myself, wow, these letters are really beautiful, it would be great if we could put them together, I think people would really like them, and sure enough, Jerome's Tears was born from that little academic exercise. Well, and, and if I'm not mistaken, he did a lot of translation from the Latin to to the Greek, right, back in his day. So he translated the Bible. He was really the first to translate the Bible from Hebrew into Latin. Oh, Latin. okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. New Testament, but not the Old Testament. In fact, we, what's really interesting is that Jerome was a serious advocate of reading the Bible from the original Hebrew his friend and rival, St. Augustine, was not in favor of that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Augustine okay. preferred, the, preferred the Greek translation, the Septuagint version, had been used, that you know Jesus would have used and had been in use for 400 years before then. But nowadays, it's, in the long run, it's Jerome who had won that argument over St. Augustine. 
My Boy, goodness. I can't imagine those two getting together. Yeah, I, I don't want to even see <laughs> yeah. that argument. Man, that took that, that was a couple of days debate there. I, I that, going on. I'm sure it was longer than that. <laughs> so so this is a compilation then, if I'm not mistaken, in, in this book. Uh, this is a compilation uh, according to suffering and grief. Are there other letters? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other letters out there. Are you going? To, are you considering making another compilation book of his letters? There are other translations to Rome that exist, not in thematic uh, context. Okay. So we can divide his 130 letters into uh, several different themes, one of which would be uh, letters of exegetical letters where he's analyzing Scripture. And those actually are coming out, some of them are coming out in translation from Catholic University Press. There is one volume that's just released, another one is coming. But you mentioned Augustine and Jerome going at it. Some right. of the hardest Latin I've ever read is Jerome and Augustine writing back and forth to each other <laughs> yeah. about the Bible and about other things. That they were both they were the two highly most highly educated men in the whole church in that time, and they're both trying to show off show off each other. It's yes, really yes. <laughs> yeah. I can only wow. imagine. Well, uh, where could we find your book? How how do how do we get it? You can find it online directly from the publisher at sophiainstitutepress.com, or you can also find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Well, wonderful. David Bonagura, thank you once again for joining us. This could be a book of great value for a lot of folks because, I mean, we all, we all go through this. So, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to all of you. All right. It's the bottom of the hour. When we come back, Gabby's going to be talking to Sister Marjorie Bear. We're going to be talking all things Catholic charities in the Archdiocese on Wake Up. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and David Dawson. And we're so glad to have you join us today, especially if you're listening for the first time or watching us for the first time. We're so glad to have you here. Our next guest is Sister Marjorie Bear. Sister Marjorie is the CEO and president of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Sister Marjorie. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Happy Feast of Our Lady. Happy feast to you as well, and we're going to heading going. We're going to get started because you have so many things to talk about, and this one is actually quite important. And I'm so glad it's at the top of the list. Entergy New Orleans just announced a heat relief financial assistance program. How is Entergy and Catholic Charities combining, I guess, their strengths and helping those in need? Thanks, Gabby. Actually. The image that we have is that Catholic Charities is going to be the hands of Entergy and really handing off um, great help and support to low-income households, especially for the elderly and disabled customers. Um, Everybody's experiencing the traumas of the extreme heat, and this is the very purpose of Catholic Charities to seek to create a welcoming and vulnerable assistance for the individuals to to walk with them and to work with them to meet their needs, and that is to help them pay their utility bills at this time. Again, we're going to be yeah. the hands of Entergy in this program. 
And we're fueled for this um, to serve because that, that's our purpose. Uh, regardless of the religion of the individuals, we're going to make the energy heat relief very tangible and help the individuals meet the details and the burden of a heavy utility bill. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, with, with it being, or well, sister, it was, you know, with hopefully the heat wave has broken, but is there a way that people can still, once we're getting those bills come in, or, or those bills are coming in, is there a way that people can still seek this assistance? Oh, yes. This is, this is brand new um, for us to be working in this particular program. And so it's, it's open to all those who are in listening distance and hearing us today. So take advantage Great. of it uh, by visiting our website, ccano.org slash Entergy, and you'll get more details and follow the details in, in that memo on our, on our website. And in the, uh, our staff will be returning the calls in the order that they come and giving the details of how you can receive <clears throat> up to $200 to assist you in the payment of your bill. That's great. I'm so glad that this program is available for those who need it because uh, those bills can get pretty pricey, especially mm-hmm. with the temperatures rising the way that they were. Um, hopefully we're getting a cooler temperature pattern in the future. Uh, but thank you so much, sister, for giving us information about that. I want to jump to Catholic Charities Counseling Solutions Program. You have an exciting new location and some updates. Can you give us some details? Yes. Our our new office is in Slidell in St. Tammany Parish, and Counseling Solutions is professional counseling available to individuals and to families of all faiths. And they can be reached uh, at our North Shore office by by Mm -hmm. calling this number, 985-785-2100. One three. That's the mm-hmm. Slidell office, but soon we hope to have opened an office on the Covington side. But that number is the number for Dr. Lisa Surrency, who is directing this program, and it, it's made available to all in the Slidell area and coming soon, Covington. We're still working out details for the location of that office. But we hope to announce that very, very soon. That is very exciting. We're actually talking to Dr. Lisa next week to find out more information about this new location and how our listeners maybe can benefit from these wonderful services that you offer. So thank you so much for giving us information on that. Let's go to the Food for Seniors program. I like touching on this because it's helped so many people, especially during the pandemic. Uh, so can you give us some information on and an update on the Food for Seniors program? Again, this, uh, this is available for seniors 60 years and older that uh, meet the federal guidelines for income, which are very broad and easy. Uh, they're not difficult um, guidelines to fulfill. So anyone 60 years and older 
and we have we have over 400 distribution sites across the state, and so they're uh, they're readily available for our seniors. And again, mm-hmm. to get more details for specifics on that, we can be reached at five zero four two four five seven two zero seven or go to our website ccano.org and we have more detailed information available there that's great and you also have volunteer information as well uh, and so many other wonderful services that you provide Um, but last week was the archdiocesan priest convocation and catholic charities was there to distribute some information on the services can you tell us how that went it was a wonderful opportunity to engage with our clergy. There were over 130 priests there, and it was our opportunity to just remind them of our presence and to thank them for their calling upon us to assist them in helping the people in their parishes. Um, it was a wonderful spirit among our clergy, and uh, it was a, a grace and a blessing to be there to support them and to say thank you to them as well. Um, they're, they're a great bunch of men bringing about the, the Word of God and ministering to us across the Archdiocese. Well, they and it's great, I think, us, too. We were very glad to see them. Well, and I think it was also great to give them that information so they can give it to their parishioners and say, these are some wonderful resources in our area that are here to help you. And also for those parishioners who have that time to go and help and volunteer and give their time and talent to the community, I think is wonderful. Sister Marjorie Bear is the CO and President of Catholic Charities and the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Sister Marjorie, where can people go to find out that volunteer information and check out the various services that you provide in the Crescent City? Everything you want to know and need to know about Catholic Charities is on our website. So please visit us, ccano.org. And it's, it's simple to follow, to, to get the information, and there, there's a, an abundance of information there for assistance, for families, for needs of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Sister, for joining us. Sister Marjorie Abair, ccano.org is where you can go and find out more information. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Gabby. God bless you. All right. Yeah, definitely check that out. There's so many other services that they offer as they well. Do so I know much. as we start getting yeah. into yes, and I know as we start getting into the holiday season, Thanksgiving, yep. and then we have Christmas. There are so many ways to give back to the community, um, especially this time of year. I know Thanksgiving is one of the big ones where they're looking for food donations. Of course, Second Harvest Food Bank is a great resource over in that area as well as St. Vincent de Paul, so many other services. So well, they really the, just the, kind of uh, have a, a plethora of events. Right, of, the of energy services. grants are very timely right now. I mean, it's been hot. Yes. So I know that hurts some folks. It has so. been hot, mm-hmm. most definitely. Well, we are taking it over to the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau when we return from the break. Amy Ponson joins us. She's from the Catholic Foundation of South Louisiana. Stay with us. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up.
Happy Friday, everyone. 12 minutes before the top of the hour, it's Wake Up. Thanks for tuning your heart to the truth. Thanks for watching us on Catholic Life TV in Baton Rouge. And we want to say good morning and thank you for being with us. Amy Ponson with Executive Director, Catholic Foundation of South Louisiana, here to talk about the foundation and what they do, some of the needs they may have in the Diocese of Home at Thibodeau. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Oh, glad to have you. So uh, I'm relatively new to this particular foundation, and maybe a lot of others are, those at least outside the diocese. Um, but uh, so, so when did the foundation begin, and, and why did it begin? Absolutely. Um, our Catholic Foundation is um, going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary next year in 2024. Wow, so we've wow, been around yeah. for quite some time. Um, but we were specifically established by um, our retired bishop, Bishop Sam Jacobs, to create a long-term sustainability for the ministries of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. So we're here to serve directly the, the ministries within our diocese, our church parishes, our schools, Catholic charities, and all things Catholic um, across the Bayou region. Okay. So basically, you're there as a support mechanism from a monetary standpoint. So who oversees the monies you receive, and, and how does the foundation determine who receives the monies that you want to give out, i.e., whether it's to a church, parish, a school, yeah. maybe even a family? Absolutely. Um, so we primarily work with donors. So the donor actually restricts who receives those contributions. Mm. Ah. Um, so we, we work with a family to create a lasting legacy for what is passionate to them. Um, so whether that's to St. Hillary um, in Raceland or to the cathedral in, in Homa, it's directly up to the donor to make sure that you know, they're creating a legacy that they're proud of. Um, so all of our funds are restricted based on what the donor is desiring. Now, what if the donor says, you know, I really don't care. Here's, I just want to make a donation. Um, mm -hmm. What happens then? Is there a board, or, or what do y'all do, do to decipher who gets what? Yes, sir. We are um, a separate entity of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau run by a board of directors. So any unrestricted contributions to our foundation um, it goes into an endowed uh, grant-making endowment where our board looks at the needs across the diocese, and um, we determine where those uh, those funds would be best served and used in that year. Okay. Um, so the, those, we have quite a few donors that allow us to um, seek where the, the, the specific need is across, oh, across nice. the diocese. You know, a lot of times uh, when a foundation gets started, it seems that there's always been maybe one or two generous people to put the upfront money to get it started and then it grows from there is that what happened 10 years ago for you guys actually no bishop jacobs did a very large capital campaign so we had over three thousand donors from across our diocese oh, wow. establish wow, wow. our foundation specifically uh, the two endowments that came out of that capital campaign was for seminary and education yeah. and catholic okay. charities yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so their monies do go to help seminarians as well. Oh, that's good. Absolutely. Actually, seminarians is the largest ministry that we support. Each year we fund that's about great. four to five 
um, seminarians every year for the Diocese of Home and Thibodeau, covering all of their educational costs. That is fantastic. Wow. And, boy, that is somewhat of an incentive, too. If, if financially uh, a young man who maybe is entertaining the priesthood, I mean, I've heard in the past that sometimes they don't make that leap of faith because they don't mm-hmm. have the financial wherewithal to get you know, to pay for the seminary or their family can't support them. But you solve that problem. Yes, indeed. They don't need that restriction now. No, no. Um, And so we are so blessed in the diocese. You know, um, we might be small, but we are mighty, and our donors (laughs) are incredibly generous. Um, Our diocese does cover the the entire cost of all of our seminarians each year, and and our foundation supplements that, that expense for them. Okay. Are you all a 501c3? Uh, where we you absolutely are. Okay. So any donations are tax write-offs, right? Tax write-offs. Yes, sir. The beauty, I think, um, there's so many beauties to our foundation, but one of the things I love so much is uh, the donor gets to tell us where are their passions, what are they excited about, and we, we listen and we connect their desires and their passions to the needs across our diocese. Beautiful. Giving them full control, full access yeah. to where they'd like to spend their their funds so how many different ministries are you supporting i mean it it sounds like uh it's more than a handful oh yes absolutely um we currently have 85 i believe endowments um, supporting about um, i'm gonna rough estimate 30 to 40 ministries each year um we also host things like i give catholic for the diocese Mm -hmm. so Every single one of our parishes and all of our schools actually participate in that day. Uh, the funds come through the foundation. The donor gets to restrict, to restrict where it goes and goes directly to their parish or their school. Okay. And talk about a couple of events coming up. Why mm-hmm. do you back events? And what role do you play in that? One in particular coming up is the St. Joseph's Dinner on yeah. November 9th. What role do you play and why do you do it? Um, our foundation actually hosts that event. Uh, we actually named it the St. Joseph's Dinner because St. Joseph took, uh, listened to God and, and answered his call. Um, so each year we kind of listen to where the call is or the needs across the diocese, and, and we restrict the, the gifts for that, those ministries, wherever the call that God's telling us that needs to be within the diocese. So we host it, um, and all the funds go to a specific ministry in our diocese. Last year, it went, to, again, to seminary and education, mm-hmm. where we, we funded um, four seminarians through that dinner. So tell us about the dinner. If someone wants to attend, yeah. uh, especially if they're not in the diocese of Home at Thibodeau, but maybe wants to journey over there for a nice evening, it sounds like, give us Absolutely. a few details, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So November 9th of this uh, this coming November, we are hosting the St. Joseph's Dinner at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center on the fifth floor. Um, tickets are available on our website. We are going to be recognizing um, our, our board chairman as the Bishop's uh, Good Shepherds Award. She has been instrumental in restructuring our foundation a few years ago, and her generosity has been absolutely beautiful. Um, so we're excited to do that. Charlotte Bollinger is our chairperson. Mm, okay. 
And our guest speaker is going to be the one, the only, Miss Gail Benson. Go ahead. Yes, she will share her beautiful generosity and her Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what, you pulled off a good one because even though she (laughs) does so much for the Catholic Church, uh, she she likes to keep it low-key, as popular as she is. And to have her Mm -hmm. as a speaker, that's going to be a sellout. How many people can attend this event before it's sold out? Oh, but we're expecting about 350. Okay. And how much are wow. tickets, if you don't mind me asking, before we move on? Sure. Tickets are, tickets are um, $175. Mm-hmm. And there's sponsorships available as well for reserved seating. Okay. Well, Amy, if they want to learn more about the foundation, which I think is a great endeavor, I hope other dioceses do, do what you guys are doing. And if they are, I hope they get to... Uh, share the the wealth, so to speak, that you're doing uh, for the community and the churches uh, and, the, and the folks within the diocese. Thank you so much. Where do they go if they want to learn more info? Absolutely. Um, our website is catholicfoundationsl.org. Well, good. I look forward to meeting you in person one day, but thank you so much for what you do. Looking forward to it. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Thank you. You do the yeah. same. All right, here we go. The week is over. The weekend is here. (laughs) And we wrap up with a prayer as always. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You are true goodness and life, Lord. Closeness to you brings peace and joy. You deserve all of my trust and my love. Thank you for the gift of life, my family, and above all, my faith. Thank you as well for giving us your mother at the foot of the cross. Lord, help me to grow in my love for Mary, your mother, and mine. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.